I'm Megan King. And I'm Sydney Bordignaw, and this is The Curve. Welcome to The Curve, a Canadian-born podcast series following the latest on the COVID-19 crisis. Each episode will look at the indirect effects that this pandemic has had on Canada and the world. Due to social distancing regulations during the pandemic, all interviews have been recorded via Zoom or phone call. This may affect the audio quality of certain interviews. We believe that this accurately reflects the daily challenges of working from home that many Canadians are facing during this time. This episode, we're looking at mental health during the pandemic and the importance of checking in on friends and loved ones. At this point, some of us are in our fourth month of social distancing, and this change can greatly impact our mental state. Ensuring that we all take care of our personal health is imperative. This episode, we are doing things a little bit differently. We've decided to take this time to call some of our friends and family and interview them. This will give us a chance to catch up with our loved ones and hear about how different people have been spending this time. But first, we spoke with Lucas Anderson of the Canadian Mental Health Association about ways to keep healthy mentally during the pandemic. Hi, Lucas. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi. Thank you very much. Looking from the perspective of someone in the mental health field, what added mental health stress is this pandemic adding to Canadians? We know how important it is to be sort of socially connected with each other. I'm sure a lot of people are feeling uh, a lot of feelings of isolation uh, and loneliness as a byproduct uh, of the pandemic. We know how important it is to connect. And so I think that this, this pandemic has really uh, shown us, we've really seen a lot of increase in that, and especially a lot of anxiety uh, related to health. You know, when, when are things going to end? When are things going to return to normal? Are people following the processes that they're supposed to be doing set out by, by uh, public health? Um, and so we've seen a lot of that. We've seen a, a real uptake in that. And then another really big piece is, uh, you know, especially I've seen for my own programs is, is uh, a lot of people now at home uh, with other people in their house, you know, and, and whereas before there was a lot of discretion in being able to access mental health services, now there may not always be the same level of discretion because you might have a parent in the house with you, you might have a spouse in the house with you, you might have other people who are overhearing the conversations that you're having. Previously, you mentioned loneliness. So are there any specific groups of people who are more susceptible or at risk to mental health risk at this time, perhaps those living alone? Yeah, so I mean, you, you, can, look to, you can look to some of the, the big ones that we, we hear a lot in the media. So I think about people who are, are medically compromised in, in some way. And as a result, uh, you know, really have to, I mean, we, we all have to be taking these measures very seriously, but uh, especially for folks who are medically compromised, there's, there is uh, much more of a need to sort of stay at home and stay safe. Uh, I think about folks who are kind of fall into like the older adults sort of crowd, um, people who might be at higher risk of, of contracting COVID-19 uh, and as a result are, you know, now kind of stuck at home. Uh, you know, I think about all the folks who are in long-term care homes or nursing homes, uh, spaces where they might need to stay in their rooms, spaces where they, they're not able to see uh, their family members in the same way that they would have in the past just because, you know, the buildings are on lockdown or, or whatever that reason may be. And, and then I also think about, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of youth out there right now too, who, you know, end of school would be coming right about now and summer would be starting. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are, that are, uh, are being missed out on. Like I think about camp, for example, uh, and, and, you know, definitely that really impacts a lot of people. So, 
I, I see this, this group as being people who would have typically attended. I see them also too as maybe really potentially struggling. In this episode specifically of our show, all our interviewees other than yourself are friends or family members. The point being that you should check in on your loved ones during this time. Why is it so important to check in with people during this time? I, I think it's, it's very common for us to, you know, it, it's almost, uh, you know, kind of in our language to just ask how you're doing and, and maybe not necessarily always fully put the attention into finding out how somebody is truly doing. You know, you say, how are you doing? Somebody says, ah, I'm doing good or I'm doing okay. And then we just kind of move forward. I think now more than ever, it's really important for people to, to be checking in with their loved ones um, just because we don't know how people are doing. Right. And, and it's important, it's important to recognize that for many individuals, uh, mental health presentation for people can sometimes look very discreet. You may not necessarily know that somebody is not feeling well. They may be telling you that everything is going well and everything is okay and everything, you know, and they're not worried at all. Uh, and then you might also start to see some, some changes in their behavior. You might start to see them feeling a little bit more depressed or a little bit more anxious. And that's a more important time than ever to really be checking in and really having a, a, a very meaningful and intimate sort of conversation about how, how, how you're doing, right? Because we don't know. And as we, as we know here at the crisis center, you know, sometimes people can, can be struggling with their mental health for a while without anybody truly recognizing the, the sort of state that they're in and how they're feeling. Uh, and it can, it can lead to some really difficult situations for people, right? So Anytime, like but before the pandemic or otherwise, you know, it's always good to check in with your loved ones. Now more than ever, I think it's really important to do so just so that you notice those warning signs as they're happening and, and people can reach out for support when they need it. And what else can people do to support one another? I know that we've started to see this this sort of shift in the in the media sometimes with language around social distancing. It is really important that we're distancing, you know, from each other and keeping each other safe, but, you know, really emphasizing the kind of physical distancing part. We want to be physically apart from each other in order to protect each other and stay safe. But at the same time, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't be socially and emotionally connected to one another. So finding, you know, finding creative ways to stay engaged with your loved ones, whether that's Zoom tea time or, you know, getting together in the evening for a virtual hangout, playing, a, you know, playing a board game. If you have people who you're living with at home, uh, engaging with your, your friends and your loved ones through, you know, virtual means is, is really helpful. Do you have any advice for those who might be dealing with added stress or anxiety during this pandemic? Uh, a couple things. I, I think it's really important um, that people again, like I'll, I'll just reiterate, you know, physically distancing, but socially, socially connected and, and remaining socially connected. I think that that's a really big part. I think another really big thing is, is really, you know, treat yourself to that self-care that oftentimes I think we sort of take as being something that we, we can push to the side indefinitely because we're busy. But now is a, is a really, really important time. Make yourself busy with self-care activities. Find those things that you're loving to do that allow you to stay safe, but also allow you to, to get some energy out, you know, exploring, exploring whatever passions you are. The amount of people, uh, you know, um, that are gardening right now or are, are starting new projects uh, and 
are, are taking this as an opportunity to learn something new. I think that that can be really, really helpful. And then, you know, just really going back to all those self-care things outside of just our passions, you know, like sleeping well and eating well uh, and making sure that we're exercising and making sure that we're engaging in things that we enjoy. Um, all of those things just help our, our bodies and our minds thrive. Uh, and it can be really valuable to do that. I will also say an important thing to do during this time is find reliable sources for news and information. Uh, it, it's not always very helpful to just to go online with a thought in mind that um, may be an anxious thought about what's going on right now, and then searching for information that validates that those thoughts and feelings. It can lead to us feeling more anxious, as I'm sure many people have uh, experienced themselves. Well, thank you so much, Lucas, for joining us and talking to us about this topic. It's definitely something really important and that we should be talking about all the time and not just during this pandemic. For sure. I, I hope the conversation continues. Mental, mental health does not sleep for anything. So uh, definitely we need to be uh, making sure we're keeping on top of that. With Lucas's advice in mind, we called our friend and former roommate, Diana Faka, to find out how she's been doing. Hi, Diana. Thanks for joining us on The Curve. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to hear from you. We just wanted to ask you a couple questions. How are you keeping busy right now, staying at home right now? At the beginning, it was definitely a lot easier because I was kind of like excited for the chance to try out a bunch of new activities and see what I'd be interested in. But I think definitely... As time goes on, I'm running out of steam a little bit and losing a bit of motivation. I've been trying new hobbies like learning guitar. Some of them stick better than others, but you know, it's going. Have you found that there's anything that's been difficult to do while you're home? Anything you're struggling with that ways? I definitely find just having so much free time is definitely hard. Just dealing with all the thoughts in my head, to be honest, you know, like, I, I'm definitely someone who overthinks a lot in general. So having all this time alone to just kind of process my thoughts, I find sometimes I kind of spiral a little bit because I just start thinking really hard about everything and overanalyzing things just because I have so much time to. I think that's definitely hard. I also think it's kind of, I don't know, it's hard just like finding ways to entertain myself. Some days I think I'm better at it than others. And you always kind of feel like you're you're letting yourself down a little when you aren't keeping busy. So that's definitely hard. But for the most part, I try to just stay positive in general, because I know I'm in the lucky position to still have a home and be okay during this time. So, you know, I kind of just try to keep reminding myself that. So we know also you are a childcare worker. There's a There's a chance that you'll be going back in not too long a time, right? Honestly, I'm not very sure yet. I don't know when this episode comes out, but at the moment we're waiting to hear more news. As a childcare worker, do you have any worries about going back to work? I think it's the same worries that everyone has. I mean, as I've said for myself, I'm definitely an overthinker, so everything kind of stresses me out when I think too much about it, but my my only hopes are that the government is making sure to put all the necessary steps in place and make sure that these procedures are maintained. I mean, I'm lucky to work at a great place and I know the people there really care about keeping everyone safe, but you know, it's nerve-wracking to not really know what to expect. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the nerves of just not knowing. Also, getting so used to social distancing and like having the thought process of all at all times like don't go near people, 
always be cleaning your like washing your hands and doing everything and then to have to go in, back into an environment where you're obviously going to have close contact it's definitely just kind of stressful to not know what to expect our whole episode that we're doing is checking in on friends right now so why do you think it's so important to check in on friends especially during this time during a pandemic I think it's very important. I mean, I think in general, you never fully know what everyone else is experiencing. Even sometimes people are reluctant to tell their friends, especially now. I mean, I know for me personally, like I always, anytime I do get upset or am I having a bad day, I always like kind of remind myself like, oh, but like it could be worse. Like I could be in a way worse off position. So I don't really have the right to be upset or complain, you know, but I think when I think of it, from if my friend were to say that to me you also sometimes just you realize that yes there is always going to be someone with a bigger problem but it's doesn't mean that your feelings should be discounted either and so it's always important to just remember that even if maybe someone else's problems are little it always makes someone feel better just to know that someone's thinking about them and someone wants to check in on them and I think that's just the important thing at the end of the day to consider is that you know, if you are going through something and you wish that someone was there to talk to you and recognize that in you, it's always good to be that person for other people. Well, thank you for chatting with us and uh, helping us check in on our friends. It's been a pleasure and I'm sure we'll speak to you probably today. Probably. (laughs) Up next, I decided to call my grandpa Ken Kelly and see how he's been faring. Hi, grandpa. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Hi, Megan. Glad I could make it. Yes, I'm very happy to have you on. So what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during quarantine right now? Well, listen, a a lot of, I've been retired for nearly 25 years, so I have a fairly relaxed routine. And and I do a lot of reading. And fortunately, I discovered uh, an author that I enjoyed uh, a week or so before the uh, quarantine. He has nine books, and it's Mark Greeny, and uh, the series is The uh, uh, the Gray Man. That has filled in my gaps, beside my my usual reading online of the uh, Globe and Mail and, and the Star. I don't know, it just seemed that uh, my days are still busy. That doesn't mean I don't miss the contact with uh, friends and uh, and neighbors. Yes, that, that's definitely one of the things I know a lot of people are having trouble adjusting to. Uh, what has become more difficult overall for you now that social distancing is in place? Well, it, it's, it's not that we're that active socially, but uh, it, within our, we, we belong to a social group and uh, we would get together once a month for euchre and would get together once a month for casual dining and once a month for dining around town and the regular monthly meeting. These aren't big events, but they're part of our routine. And it was a, uh, you miss the routine. There's no question. And and uh, just the fact that, uh, I, I mean, I haven't been in a store for uh, probably six weeks and maybe a little longer. And uh, I'm used to going to the store and seeing friends and perhaps some neighbors that I seldom see and just have a visit in the store. And that, of course, is uh, hasn't happened. Definitely takes some adjusting for things like that when it was such a regular routine. I don't mean to insult you, but I do think you qualify as a senior. 
I'm working on it. <laughs> so do you find it especially difficult being a senior during this time? In, in actual fact, I don't. We, we've had a variety of times. While this is quite unique, there are parallels in some ways. Uh, I, I, I grew up in a depression and um, six years of war. I was 16 before I saw any new house building or anything like that. So we've had times of, I'll call it business quiet, as this is. And while circumstances were different, uh, in many ways the effects were the same. The unemployment is high and, and uh, uh, people are uh, struggling in, in a variety of ways not only socially, but economically. And one of the things that uh, most seniors would have, I suspect, is uh, I haven't had a salary increase for nearly 25 years. And our budget is, is uh, pretty much uh, predetermined and uh, uh, it's unlikely to change, but it's known and it, w it will be there. And we're very fortunate in that sense. It will be a, a memorable event for everyone. There's no question about it. It'll be referred to uh, in a variety of ways for many, many years to come. It's interesting. I just uh, talked to uh, my son today. And until this event, he had never heard of the number of people that died in the 1918-1919 epidemic. He was just not unaware of it. But because of this situation, now he understands the extent of that particular epidemic. And what happened during that then? Are you able to like explain it to me briefly? I, I wouldn't guarantee the numbers, but the, the, the deaths were in the millions. This followed immediately after the First World War. The troops were coming home from Europe. It was called the Spanish flu. And the Spanish flu was, at that point, presumably because it was an unknown virus, maybe, I don't know. But it, it just hit everybody and, and it was, a, it was a, a deadly scourge for many. I guess it repeats the fact that, that uh, you should be aware of your history because it can be of value to the present. So just to finish, are there any words of wisdom for our listeners? I know you already spoke about how things of this nature have happened during your lifetime. What is something that people can take into consideration or do today to help themselves out? A, a, a bit of patience and, and, uh, and if you can uh, uh, retain a sense of humor, it might help. But it's, let's face it, uh, although we've been on FaceTime and Zoom and and have a variety of contacts. Uh, we've, we've even learned to play euchre on, on internet and uh, a lot of things. There's not much in that sense lacking except the contacts. And it's the contacts that you miss. And it's proven especially helpful seeing as you are tech savvy when not a lot of um, other older adults have the same ability. No, we're indeed fortunate, uh, Megs, that, that we have the they have the connections that we have, that I, I'm able to download the books because Jean had to return her books to the library and there's no, obviously no facility to get new books. I can always uh, tap in 
and find a book that I'm comfortable with and will enjoy. And that's, uh, for me, a very distinct advantage. A good example of the little joys we have during this time. Thank you very much, Grandpa. Well, hey, I'm glad to see you working, kiddo. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll speak to you soon. Take care. My friend Francesca McNaughton was next on the list. She had contracted COVID-19 and I wanted to check in. I actually tested positive for COVID. I would say it was probably around the end of March. I think it was around March 20th. I didn't really think I had it. Neither did my parents. I kind of wasn't feeling well. And I kind of just like, it was like, oh, it's a cold. It's whatever. And then actually found out that a person I worked with tested positive. So I was like, oh, I guess I should go get tested. I called public health. They told me I should go get tested. So I was like, okay. It took about six days to receive the results because it was like a super busy time when they were only testing a few amount of people, but a lot of people, like it was a new, I guess a new wave where like a lot more people were getting sick, like right after when everyone was getting back from vacation. So a lot more people were showing symptoms and I didn't think I had it because I only experienced like achiness and tiredness and really nothing else. So you live with your parents. Was that difficult being in the same household when you had it at the same time? I definitely definitely was stressed out about it especially because at the time too like a lot of them were saying that the age group of that my parents are in was like at risk just because at the time no one really knew a lot about the virus and a lot of people who were ending up in the hospital and ending up on ventilators were of the people that were my parents age or older so I was definitely a little bit more stressed just because I was scared that if they did get it then one of them was end up in the hospital or if like something happened like it was just I guess a lot of weight on my shoulders I felt I actually we my dad never got tested but we do think that he did have it because he had a lot of the same symptoms I did my mom showed no symptoms but he was fine. It lasted about four days for him. He had the same like fatigue, very tired, achy. He had a little bit more of a cough, like I didn't really. But other than that, like after that, the stressfulness kind of went away because we were both quarant like all three of us were all quarantined for I would say up to four weeks. Now we go to a long overdue chat with one of my closest friends, Sabrina. Now we're joined by Sabrina Marangoni. Sabrina, thank you for coming to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So uh, what have you been up to? A few different things. I've been reading a lot more, which is good. I've been on the Lord of the Rings series for five years now, so this has given me time to actually read it. I've been baking a lot more as well, something that I don't normally have time for. So yeah, that's been really good, trying new recipes. Yeah. What's your household look like this whole time? Is it you with your family? What, what are you up to there? Uh, it's me, my mom, my dad, and two little doggies. My sister is a paramedic, so she has chosen to move out for the time being to protect our safety. Are you, are you worried about her that way then? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely worrisome um, knowing that she's out there almost every day picking up um, COVID positive patients. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely worrisome, but I know that they take the proper precautions. They're always uh, suited up and, you know, they're, they're very careful. So what's it like, been like for you in general, though? I know it can get difficult uh, when you're just alone for these long periods of time. Yeah, it's been tough. I am a very anxious person. I have been my entire life. Um, so being alone, being cut off from people and not having anywhere to go but home. 
um, has been really tough. It definitely makes me fall back into old habits that I would like not to be in, cutting myself off from people, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's been a tough adjustment and finding things to do, finding the motivation to, you know, get out of bed, get dressed in the morning. It's been tough for sure. Have you figured out a couple things to do just to like keep you active during the day then perhaps getting dressed? I honestly, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't get dressed most days. Yeah. Uh, my mom <laughs> makes me get dressed most days. So she's been really good. The weather has been very impactful. Like if it's a sunny day, I know for sure I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to get dressed, go outside, go on a walk. Also trying to make a list of things to do for the next day. Like when I get in bed, I try to have at least one accomplishment or one thing that I want to accomplish for the next day, whether it be to bake something or read a chapter of my book or, you know, take the dog for a walk or something um, that will get me motivated to, you know, get dressed, get going with the day. Okay. That's great. I am glad to hear that. Um, what let's kind of take it back to the beginning of this quarantine happening. Um, what were you up to in like your daily life and how has that been impacted by this quarantine and just coronavirus in general? Uh, well, I was working full time as a barista. I haven't been able to continue with that job because my cafe was in a mall. So it's all been shut down. That's been tough because that was my routine, waking up 10 a.m., being at work till five. So obviously that was all thrown off. And, you know, extracurricular things, I am trying to, we were trying to plan a fundraiser for a theater company that I'm trying to start up. And um, that also too was thrown off track um, just because it's kind of impossible to have uh, a fundraising event where people can perform live in a room all together. So plans were definitely thrown off track, but this whole time I've been trying to navigate how to do those things on a different medium now, right? Um, we're all kind of adjusting and learning. So yeah, just trying to, trying to take it day by day. I've been making my mom a lot of drinks here, so I'm continuing the barista, but from home. Perfect. We got, yeah. we got to use our assets here, even in a quarantine time. Yes. Um, so just to kind of close, do you, is there anything that you'd want people to think about during quarantine that you've been able to uh, think about yourself or perhaps you think is an uplifting message for these times? I would say it's important to practice patience and understanding during these times. Everyone is going through their own thing, trying to navigate who they are, what they want to do during these times and everything. So just practicing that and, and keeping your, your friends and your loved ones in mind, but not being too hard on them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great message. Thank you so much for speaking with, with us today. And I do really hope I get to see you in person soon. Me too. Thank you for having me. It's always nice to catch up with your loved ones, especially in this strange time. Even though socialization is limited right now, we've still found ways to stay connected, whether it be virtual movie nights, FaceTime chats, or porch visits. It's important to remember to stay in touch. A big thank you to our loved ones for coming on the show and speaking with us. Remember to tune in this upcoming Friday for the final episode of our COVID-19 series, all about the road to a vaccine and looking to the future. Thanks for listening.